expanding the Nerdosphere, talking about everything you want to hear. From comics to cosplay, from the cinematic universe to fan films and everything in between. It's time to get down and nerdy. Here are your hosts, James Witham and Nick Pataglia. Welcome to episode 31 of Down and Nerdy, where we don't judge the White Ranger for what he wears after Labor Day. No, we, we don't, because normally what he wears is awesome. Any guy that can go around with a tiger sword and a talking sword named Saba and just be awesome at the same time is fantastic. So there's no need to judge him. That's right. I'm James with him alongside... Nick Pataglia, a.k.a. the Marvelous One-Armed Man. And it's just amazing how much closer we're getting to Tidewater. Dude, I'm sh- like not going to lie, this past month... I'm shocked at how fast it went. One minute's my birthday, one minute I'm on roller coasters with Cody at Bush Gardens, and then it's like, whoa, like, it's, it's, Tywara Khan is only like a couple weeks away. I know, well, for me, the time went by a little bit faster because, you know, with the baby coming and everything and right. getting ready for that and anticipating it, so it kind of blew right by for me, so I'm not really surprised it snuck up on me, but at the same time, I turn around, I'm like, wait a minute, it's October. How is that even possible right now? Yeah, I mean, it's it's insane, and I know people in the last episode said I wasn't a cosplay. However, there was an angel that gave me this great gift for a costume. Uh, Not going to say what it is. You have to show up at our booth. I will be in costume. I'll probably be showing up in costume. I have to work that morning, but I will be there around 11 o'clock, 10.30-ish. So James will be there, though, um, setting up and everything like that. And uh, like I said, it, I'm, I'm excited for it a lot. You know, I'm expecting a big crowd, and we're taking off. And the, the great thing is, too, is, you know, thank you to the fans who listen Definitely, every week. Yeah. Not only, like, listen to new shows, like, the new stuff we put out, but go back to our older stuff, because that shows James and I, that really, like, the word, we got it something really good. It really does. It really does. It's funny that the, some of the episodes, and I was going back through them, and I do that too. I was going back to some of the older episodes, and I'm like, wow, so many more people have found this particular episode or that episode. And interviews that we've done in the past with people like Nancy Collins and Terrell Dactyl. Yep. And just going back to even some of our first interviews that we ever did. I mean, it's just very cool that people are finding that stuff now. It's really great because, like I said, it shows to us, because like I said, we want to expand we want to you know get paid for doing this and it's a good sign you know to say hey people are not just listening to our new stuff but they're going back and they're getting you know we're we're, like i said i post this on on my my personal facebook um but 24 hours our soundcloud alone got 55 downloads in the past 24 hours which is pretty darn good and if you're sitting there thinking that's not that many hey when you're just starting out at anything, this is less than a year. When you're going at it since March, and it's yeah. already in October, and like I said, less than a year, and you're seeing this rapid growth. And like I said, Tywar Khan's going to be, it's that launching pad for us. And I mean, we got some great guests. Actually, I want to talk about that now because the, I teased it on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash down nerdy. Earlier in the day, I said, hey, I just, just booked this awesome guest. And people were like, who is it? Who is it? Well, it's our good old buddy Drew Moss Yay! of IDW and now Dark Horse. He has a comic coming out, which we can't really talk about until it comes out next week. I'll tell you what I want to talk about. Yes. And I, Drew, if you're listening to this, he just did this commission, Dark Knight Returns commission. Right. Where it's Batman basically knocking Superman down. Oh, yes. I mean, knocking him down. And I was like, man, if that doesn't become a print... It's a crime against humanity, <laughs> so I will be talking to Drew about that art. I will convince him to make that a print, maybe by Tidewater Con. I'm going to try. 
I'm gonna try. We, we can only hope, but you know, we want to thank Drew for coming on next week, and uh, it's gonna be a fun time. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. and our plan now is I was talking to James about this before we started recording t- uh, today, um, is you know we want to have at least one guest on per month, and you know the only reason why we haven't had as many guests on in a long in a while is just because scheduling. It's it's all it is. Yep. You know, we both work in radio, and it we're literally on call twenty four seven pretty much. Yep, and we've we've also got other stuff stuff that we've got going on, and I mean, but we're we're actively pursuing guests, and we've got stuff that we're we've got stuff going on. People just trust us on that, and and as you help us grow, like you have, the guests will just get better and better. I, I think Drew Moss, that's a big one. That's to a big me, one. that's a big that's one a because big if you've seen Drew's art. It's amazing. And I'm not just saying that because he's coming on the show. And he's a friend of ours. And he's a very good guy. So I'm telling you, this you're going to see a lot more from him in the future, too, I think. By the way, this is our first live show. Like By live, I mean James and I being in the same room together. And yeah. I, I missed you, buddy. I missed you, too, man. Oh, thank you. I see that you've got the beard going on. Now, I do. Um, I have the beard and the long hair going. Now, it's not part of my cosplay. By long hair, by the way, he doesn't mean like... Really like Thor hair? No, it's poofy. For him, it's, it's long. It's afro. It's it, my hair has so much colic in it. It doesn't. It, it poofs. It doesn't uh, go long. It poofs. Don't say colic. That just <laughs> reminds me of crying baby. <laughs> oh, that's, by the way, how is the little guy? He's doing great. Um, like I said, crying. Um, but the wife went back to work. Yeah, she's back working again. So she's got to be going not nuts anymore, right? Because I know she's for a while. She was like, "Yeah, I got this beautiful baby, but I kind of want to get out into the world. She's I want to spread my wings and get back out there." She's a go-getter, man. But it's the first week. The dad's been taking care of the boy by himself. Yep, it's been going pretty good. I mean, it's it's definitely difficult for people who don't think it's hard taking care of a baby on your own all day. Hard, I mean, you man. think, you know, in James' case, you think it's all pounding bottles and watching Sports Center reading comics. You know, it's not that at no. all. No. Matter of fact, it's actually difficult for me. You know, we do what we're reading every week. Right. I swear, it's difficult just to get the one comic in. I'm not even exaggerating on I, that. I'm waiting for the one time where we do the what we're reading segment. And it's you're like you're like okay I'm gonna do this comic and you end up reading like a children's story like reviewing a children's yeah, book it's gonna be on like accident. like one of those Mr. like corduroy like or something. you know I read this great book Nick and I mean it was big in the 1980s or whatever it was <laughs> you know you know it was made by written by Maurice Sunday called Where the Wild Things Are and it's just a great book James this isn't a comic book <laughs> so I'm it's a great book but it's not a comic I'm going to be reviewing uh, SpongeBob versus the Fairly Odd Parents. <laughs> And in this in this comic, no, it's just. Um, but he is watching TV. Yeah, he was he's, watching like boomerang stuff. He wasn't actually, he? he's he likes the Smurfs, Tom and Jerry, and and what was the other thing that I got him watching? Smurfs, Tom and Jerry, and Scooby Doo. That was the yeah. other thing. So he <laughs> seems to, he seems to like the classics, but the only new there's two newer cartoons he seems to like. One of which I'm very happy I can say. The first one is a show called Forster's Home for the Imaginary Friends. Yeah, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. He likes that because he likes the blue blob guy. Yes. He likes that for whatever reason. And the other one is Teen Titans Go. He likes it. Awesome. Well, of course. I mean, that's meant for kids. Now, when he gets older... You gotta get him hooked on like the Ryan Stimpies, the Johnny Bravos, the Doctor's Lab, the Cow and Chickens. I've been collecting for this very purpose. I've been collecting cartoons that I want to get him hooked on. Right. In preparation for this, <laughs> you know, and I've even got you know, like the Batman the Animated Series. Got it. We're yeah. good. I mean, all that stuff. I'm ready 
to go. When I was a little kid, my dad did the same thing because my dad was a big boomer. Like he, you know, when I say boomerang, I mean like all the old Han Barbera stuff and everything like that. When it was actually on television yes. for the first time, which I still remember too, by the way, for some of these things. And I remember, man, growing up, I had, you know, man, I had my Rugrats. That was when everything was on VHS. You know, I had the orange Nickelodeon VHS oh, tapes and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. But that was what my mom got me. Mm. What my dad got me was he'll get me the VHS of Batman and Robin meet Scooby Doo. Yep. And I mean, we're talking the old, old Casey Kasem, you know, voice and stuff like that. Which were great. Which is great. I'm sorry. Um, you know, those. I had, because um, you know, back in the day, they had cassettes when I sold up cartoons. And they had like two episodes per cassette. Yep. Yep. I had one of Foghorn Leghorn, dude. Like, That's awesome. Like, like old Looney Tunes stuff like that. And my uncle, I remember my uncle, who was older than my dad, um, he wanted me to borrow it. And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, this was like years and years ago yeah, before not? DVDs were invented, you know. So, I mean, and I, it just brought me back. So, I'm like, you know, we have all this great, you know, people say all this, all this new stuff coming out now is crap. It's like, yes and no, but that doesn't mean you can't go and get a boomerang or whatever. It was just, or even there was something on, on DVD now, like all the Looney yeah. Tunes you can get, all the volumes. Which much. I've started, I've collected a bunch of those yeah. as well. I mean, but you could say what you want about the new stuff. It is what it is. Like, uh, I'll take Garfield's a perfect example for me. Oh, yeah. I think the new Garfield cartoon looks weird. It's weird. Well, because it's a 3D animation. Right. It's, it's 3D animation. It's different. I think other than Garfield's voice, everything's a little weird. But um, you got to appreciate it for what it is. Things are going to change and evolve. And you can always go back to the older stuff. And, you know, one thing that I do, I do too is I know it's October, but we're going to get a little bit Christmassy here. Uh, Christmas time is when they have all the great you oh, know, no Christmas doubt. specials. You know, you know my mom... And I'm talking about VHS. You know, my I grew up in a, we grew up in the age of where you know you, you wanted something, you had to put the blank tape in and yep. record it. Yep. Well, my mom back in like the early '90s, um, late '80s, early '90s, she had a blank tape, and I found this when I was younger. Um, and it had like an Usually orange. Usually, it's stripe a little on it. dangerous when you find a blank tape in your parents' bedroom. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> Yes, you were very living on the edge there. I was, I was a, I was living on the edge, man. I was, I was one bad, bad camera shot away from ruining my entire childhood and traumatizing myself for life. No, but I found it, and the side it said Charlie Brown Garfield. So I had literally like all the old Christmas, like the original Charlie Brown, you know, Lance goes lights, please, and the Garfield, you know, when Jungle visits great. I found that on DVD. Yeah, did you? I found it. I I found it on YouTube, and I'm like, oh, I like last Christmas. I was like, you know, you know, I didn't go home for Christmas last year, so I'm like, okay, I'm home alone on Christmas. What should I do? Found it on YouTube. I'm like, yes. Yeah. So I sat down, and watched it, yep. and brought that that scene, dude, where Grandma's talking about the, her her husband with Garfield on her yeah, lap. Man. Yeah, it's oh, man, it's just so heartwarming, heartbreaking at the same time. But the one Christmas special I had, like, we had Tiny Tree was on it too. Wow. Um, but like, the one Christmas special I love, and I always watch it every year, Claymation Christmas special. Oh, I love those. You remember yeah. with the dinosaurs? Yes. There was one yes. they did at the Claymation Christmas. My mom had it on it. And, and the reason why I love so much is because I love Claymation. Like, mm. I have all the different types of animation. So, you know, 2D, 3D, Clay. Mm. Clay is my favorite. I love Claymation. I love stop motion. Those are my two favorite, mm-hmm. favorite animations. And it's just great, you know, because it brings back. And not only that, but what made it even better was my mom had all the old ads on the tape I as well. I love that. I love so that. So not only was like, we're going to go right back to this commercial, you know, after this commercial break, and it's like an old 1989, 1990 
York Peppermint Patty ad yep. or McDonald's, like yep. Oliver and Company toys, McDonald's. The Pepsi ads, uh, all that stuff. The California Raisins, the house truck. Yep. Oh, my God. Like Spuds I, McKenzie. Remember yes, Spuds McKenzie? Yes. That still gets me every time, man. But, I mean, I you know, but, I mean, that's, that's Christmas stuff, man. But, like, going from Christmas to now we're in October. You know, we got Tywater Con coming up. But also, because it's October, you know what that means? The return of the monster cereal. That's right. Yes, I was at Food Line yesterday because I'm like, well, payday. I need to get you know something, put stuff in my refrigerator because it's literally empty. My refrigerator is literally empty. I just went grocery shopping too, so I know how you feel. Yeah, and so I go to the store and I'm like, it's October. I wonder if they carry it. And I had to go all the way to where the vegetables are. We're even in the cereal aisle. Whole wall, Count Chocula, yep. Frankenberry, didn't have blueberry. Oh, come on, man. That's my go-to right there. <laughs> oh, poor buddy. It's like the, he's like the Aquaman of the oh, monster cereals. I have a blueberry shirt. You, oh, you who wait. Doesn't? Show us your shirt Saturday. Yeah. I'm going I'm to put that on for so the shirt th- Saturday. I saw two for $5, Count Chocula, monster yes. cereal. I got a couple boxes. I just felt so amazing. Cause I felt, it's been years since I've had Count Chocula. So not only that... But, you know, everybody's all pumpkin spice. Like, nah, man, give me the monster cereals any day I of the know, week. I know, that's what I want to do, too. And this time, I only bought blueberry last year. I think this year I'm going to buy a box of each and just make it last as much well, as I Well, last year, can. last year, they had, that's what, last year was like the first year in a while. They had literally all of them. They had not only Count yep. Chocolate, Frank Bear, Boober, they had, they had like Yummy Mummy and mm-hmm. Fruit Brew. Yep. So, um... You know, but of course, I remember I was listening to a podcast last year, and this guy actually was like, "Say, oh, I've had fruit brew a long time." And he's eating, and it's like, man, this sucks. He's like, <laughs> he's like, it just tastes like freaking tricks. And I'm like, well, who cares? Tricks is good, but it's nostalgia. Now, if they bring back Urkelos, I'm gonna lose my freaking mind. Yeah, that would be pretty awesome. That'd be pretty awesome. But I mean, overall, this whole weekend, man, it's just like I said, just worked. You know, um, it just you know worked, read, and just you know. That's pretty much it. I mean, you know, something awesome had my family. I'm gonna keep that per- personal, right. but something you know about it. Yep. Um, something awesome happened. My happened to my family. Um, but other than that, no, it was just a pretty quiet week, dude. Yeah, I tried to make it the recharge your batteries weekend. And yeah. That just that didn't really work out for me. No. Um, one thing too is I went to Bob's. At, you know, see Bob at Fancy Escape yesterday, and I. You know, there's times where I, I buy, I wait maybe like a week or two to, to get my comics. So I go and I have 10 comics I have to pick up from the past couple yep. of weeks. That's all I did yesterday was went home, opened a page, opened a book, opened a book, went through all 10. And by the way, I reached a nerd milestone. I went through my first stack of bags and boards. Yeah, congratulations. Yes. You're no longer a comic virgin. No. <laughs> no. But continue, sir, with your, well, your rechargeable I mean, week. Here's the deal. You energizer bunny, you. And again, if you've got kids, you know, it's, especially young ones, it's hard to get anything done around the house. Well, so. that, but that with, with two dogs as well. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, I tried to get a few things done. Mow the lawn is one thing. <laughs> Which your wife loves to do, by the way. But I still haven't let her do it because she's not fully recovered <laughs> yet. So I still still got her on the shelf. So <laughs> still got her on the shelf. What, she's like some some broken toy. She, she's been, she's not. Is on, she like me? You know, like she, like a broken toy staying on the shelf. She's not on the DL, but she's day to day right now. <laughs> she's so, day to day. Um, she's listed as questionable. That's right, work. exactly. And and you have to check her status the day before. Just She's on my fancy sure. lawn mowing team. First well, round pick. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, the inside information is watch <laughs> watch so practice. Weak. Watch practice this week. But uh, no, and I've never had, and I, I'll lump my wife in on this too. 
We've had the worst luck with lawnmowers. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's a simple thing. You start it, you fill it with gas, you mow the lawn, you don't run anything over. And the new, and the new things nowadays, you don't really have to oil them anymore. I know, exactly. So the lawnmower dies. Now, okay. granted, I waited a while to mow the lawn because this is the first chance I've gotten to mow the lawn in a while. So it was high, but that wasn't it. So it just died. I had no idea right. what was wrong with it. So, you know, RIP, got to go get a new lawnmower. So I finally got that done. Actually, Monday, I mowed the lawn. So my weekend, I pretty much decided once the lawnmower died, screw this. I'm not doing anything this weekend. Now, question, I know our listeners are just dying to hear this. When's the last week you do your lawn? It, like, you know, some people, like, you know, summertime, they're like, okay, we're going to close the pool this day. When's the last time you mow the lawn? You know, it, it kind of varies because it, it was a little warmer last year into November. So, I mean, it was actually like mid-November, late November that we did the last mowing. But I think this year will probably be right around Halloween. I think we'll probably be the last time we'll have to mow. All right. Well, that's going to do for what we did this weekend and a quick weekly update about our lives because I know you guys care about that so, oh, so much. Definitely. Oh, God. You know, it's just so enthralling and just exciting to hear they your... They can actually your... exhale now. Yeah, man. It's like, what did they do? Oh, my God. They did weed whacking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can breathe. I, you know... But and you anyway, got some good cartoon knowledge. Stop and some great and some great <laughs> reminiscence of cartoons. That's right. But coming up next is what we're reading. A couple new comics. And uh, yeah, so stay tuned. More down here to come up next. Well, boys and girls, it's that time. Grab your boards, grab your bags, because it's time to go through the comic pages of what we're reading. And this week, James, I did a number one. And not only a number one, but a number one from a good friend of mine, Riley Brown, who did the artwork on it. Lobo, number one. And, of course, Riley Brown was at Tidewater Comic Con in April. Yep. Not going to make it this year, but, again, Tidewater Comic Con, October 18th, will be there. And we're going to be talking about a bunch of comics Including maybe this one, because there's been some controversy in this one as well. Yeah, now the controversy now is also written by Colin Bunn as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's been controversy because, you know, of course, this being a new Lobo, they're changing the look of him. He's, he looks younger. You know, people saying, oh, it's Twilight Lobo, you know, whatever. It's not, you know, the 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 main man look from, of we've known for many decades. Mm. Now, James right now is thumbing through the pages of the comic and looking at the art. And I'm telling you, man, that art is just phenomenal by Riley. It's brutal, man. I mean, it really is. And the chopping off the, it's the second page. Yeah. He's chopping off the head of the old Lobo. The new Lobo is, and I got to tell you, I'm just looking at it right now. And I know Lobo was this big hulking kind of guy. I actually kind of like the sleek, yeah. streamlined new look. That well, here, and here's the thing too, is people are like, well, why they change the look? Well, the way they got around that, it's written that the main man pretty much stole the new Lobo's name. So he wasn't really Lobo. He was somebody else. He was uh, an imposter, pretty much. Lobo struck by identity theft. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but no, now, now I'll say this, though. The, the, the artwork by Riley is great. I'm not saying because he's a friend of mine, you know, and he's a good dude. But the artwork is very detailed. And the reason why is because there's parts of it where they go f to flashback. And... The flashbacks is when he's on Zarnia, and he has the nightmares of just all the bad stuff happening. Now, the flashbacks, the way they're written is like kind of like in a pencil-shaded way where, you know, it's in a way I, I like because it showcases to me an earlier time. Because oh, you, yeah. Because when you go back, it's like, okay, we want to make it more simplistic, look a little bit more older, and everything else. And, you know, the thing is, too, 
um, when you look at this and you read the and you read the, and it's bright colors and everything. The colorist did a fantastic job. Yeah, on this issue, fantastic. And now the whole thing is that Lobo, the new Lobo, is in prison and he he's pretty much put in a Suicide Squad type scenario, um, according to Realia, who frees him pretty much. It's kind of like, hey, we have these eight deadly assassins we want you to go kill. And your freedom depends on that, pretty much. Almost like a Suicide Squad-ish kind of vibe. That's what, yeah, that's what I was getting at. And and so it's pretty cool, because, you know, he's going after this demolition guy in the first issue. It's pretty awesome. But there's this hit. And you don't know, and it's on this one target. It's, it's kind of like, okay, Batman Arkham uh, Origins. You know, they have the, the one hit on the Batman, but it's like kind of like that. Right. But you don't know who the main hit is on. Mm. And Riley and people are actually, actually... Talked to Riley about, about that on social media, and Riley said, "Well, if you look at the last panel, I kind of, you know, Colin kind of teased that, but we don't know really know who it is. He's like, you kind of worry where it takes place, where the person is, but you don't really know who it is. Now, I'll say this though: with all this good stuff I'm talking about, there is some negatives to it. And as I said in the beginning, Lobo had his identity taken from the main man, and." I think that if there was any comic that needed a zero issue, it's this comic. Because they didn't really expound or expand upon how did Lobo get his identity, how's he, you know, what happened. Not that was that, but what happened to New Lobo yeah. in that time? I was just looking, when I was thumbing through it, I'm like, okay, so the second page is when he has his head cut off and he's holding it in his, in his hand. And I'm thinking, okay, but how do we get from there to here? Right. That was my first thought. I didn't expect that when I turned that initial page. So I could see why you would say that. Now, the thing is, too, is as I mentioned, you know, he has these flashbacks, and they're more or less nightmares. So when he sleeps, he has these nightmares. So something tells me it's going to lead up to what happened then. But like I said, if there was just a zero issue that this book needed, like I said, don't get me wrong, the art's great and everything else. But if there's a comic that needed a zero issue, it's desperately, I think, this one. Just because, just to set it up, just right. to set up, like, you know, didn't have to, you can, like I said, it starts off with him cutting off the head of the main man version mm -hmm. of Lobo. And, you know, Zero Issue could have been like, okay, he's out of prison or something like that. He's searching the galaxy for the main man version of Lobo. And then here we are, number one, he's cutting the head off. He's now taking his place back. And, and you kind of wanted to see, or at least from what I was flipping through, you want to at least get a couple pages of the battle. Yeah, you know, how, it couldn't have been that simple. I found you. Click. And yeah, because the, the picture up. is just it's it's the ma the main man sitting in the chair, pretty much. And yeah. He's decapitated. Yeah. Um. You know, but if I had to give it, you know, we had three ratings on here. We normally give. We have you know your poll, which means you know put on your you know put in your poll. We have your buy, which is you know give it a couple issues and see where it goes. And then we have or or if you want to call it pickup. Um. And then we also have their drop. Now it's not a drop at all. To me, it's a pickup. It's, okay. it, give it three issues, see where it's going. I want to see if they pick up on the backstory of what happened, why, you know, his whole identity thing. Um, but it's interesting. Uh, something tells me since there's eight people that he's going after, it might be like an eight-week or maybe an eight-month run. I'm not sure if it's a monthly or a weekly yet. Uh, I haven't really looked. But I think I, what they're doing is they're leaving the door open, seeing how successful the issue is, and then you can drag out, if there's eight of them, you can drag out one more than the other, depending on how well that storyline is, is being received. Kind of like with Hulk, when they did the whole, you know, he's got special needs thing, yeah. and it didn't go well, so they're like, eh, let's the way that. If there's a, a Marvel comic I'll compare this to, it's Legendary Star-Lord, and that it's picture that, but a lot less comedic. But it's kind of that same vibe, you know. Um, but I think that when you look at it, though, and people are saying, oh, he looks different. I don't like the look of it. He's still got his awesome attitude. Like I say, he's not the main man 
come in busting doors open. He's right. kind of like this sleeker kind of guy, like, I'll attack in the shadows. And he's like, I have this code. He's like, I will kill anybody, but I just won't kill dogs. He's like, I'll there kill you. Him. Go. There you <laughs> so, go. Nice. You know, I like that. That's but he has these certain qualities. That, right, you can tell he's a caring person. But there's times where he will turn on you and kill you. So like I said, it's a pickup for me. Give it at least three issues. See where it goes. If it doesn't impress you in three issues, feel free to drop it or continue with it. Again, Riley, amazing. I told him this on on Facebook. Oh, he definitely Amazing did job. job with the art, my brother. Definitely. Amazing job. Now, James, you actually read a comic about by somebody who, well, he did the artwork on it, but somebody who's going to be at Tidewater Comic Con. That's right. We're talking about Pop Man, who, of course, you know is the artist for He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. And I managed to get my hands on a number one copy of what turns out to be the second volume uh, in the series. And it's actually written by Keith Giffen and, of course, the art by Pop Man. Uh, by the way, we get a sneak peek at the exclusive Tidewater Comic Con print that he's going to be doing for Tidewater Con. We haven't gotten the go-ahead to be able to talk about it yet, but I can say that it's it's excellent, and there will be it, it'll be there'll be some sort of He-Man elements in it. That that's all I can really say without getting myself into trouble. <laughs> right. Uh, the colors are by Catherine Land, and uh, cover by uh, cover was amazing by Ed Bennis and uh, Randy Mayer. It really was with the whole battle, which actually takes place towards the end of the issue. But it actually, like I said, takes place after the events of Volume One where basically Skeletor took Castle Grayskull, but he ultimately failed when he found out what the real power of the castle was. But he did end up murdering the sorceress of Castle Grayskull, which ended up, which is right. Teela's mother, which, for those of you who don't know, uh, before he was defeated by He-Man. So it kind of picks up with her funeral in the uh, capital city of Eternia. Okay. And, uh, Eternia, excuse me. And the king is actually the one performing, I guess you could kind of call it the eulogy, even though it seemed more like the a final, celebration. The like, final, last, last will and testament, kind of like an honorary Yeah, it was thing. more of like a celebration of life thing than this actual funeral. And Tila's kind of sitting there with her father, uh, Donald, who's the man, man of arms, by the way. Um, it's, wait a minute, is it Donald? Oh, I was the man of Duncan? arms. Yeah, <laughs> you're the man of arms. I'm the man of arms, yes. <laughs> That's it. Do 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 shenanigans. I kind of thought that was going to happen, um, <laughs> but she doesn't want to be there, and she doesn't know that this is her mother either. By the way, okay, but she's kind of taken over as the uh, sorceress of Castle Grayskull. Now they're kind of in another area while they're, when they're doing this funeral at the castle, but then off in a farmland, an attack happens where this army basically attacks this farmer, and it seems like it's his two kids. For no reason whatsoever. Right. You come to find out that they're invading the planet. It turns out to be Despera, who's the daughter of Hordak and leading his army into battle. <laughs> Hordak. Now, if you know He-Man, you know Hordak is a badass warrior, but he's sitting out this battle to give this honor to his daughter to take this planet from right. him. Right. So, so, so she's kind of like the nebula to his exactly. Galactus. Exactly. Exact to his Thanos or Thanos Galactus. Thanos, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. Ah, you knew. Well, Galactus. Spinning Galactus Thanos. One's a poofy cloud. One's a purple. There's a battle. Needs evil to, brother of Grimace. There's a battle that needs to be ha happen. By the way. Yes. According to Stan Lee, anyway. Yes. They just want to conquer the planet. That's all they really want. And uh, and just after the service ends for the sorceress of Castle Grayskull, that's when the battle sort of hits. So you kind of go from. Here's the service, and it's, you know, it's Tila and her dad and, and Adam, Prince Adam, yes. kind of cracking jokes with each other, and, and Tila kind of roughs Adam up a little bit <laughs> because, you know, she, in some instances, she actually trained him 
right. to, to in, his, in his combat. So she's a pretty badass warrior herself. But about halfway through the issue, that's when the attack begins, and that's when Adam finally turns into He-Man, that transformation. Right. I got to tell you, the way that Pop Man presented the art for those few panels where he finally became, and they got a nice full page spread of when he actually, you know, by the power of Grayskull, and he has the sword in his hand. And his full chest plate brilliance. That's right, in the furry Speedo. Yes. In all its glory. But Pop Man did a very good job of bringing that to life. And, um, Can I ask you a question? Yeah. On all the years that He-Man's been together, have you been surprised they haven't changed up his look once? Well, I mean, they freshened it. Definitely freshened it. What I'm saying is, like, give him like a totally different look. Like, give him pants. <laughs> I'm actually a little surprised them. I mean, they've done that with other characters. So like, Tila's look is very different in this incarnation than it is from the animated series in any earlier. So I'm saying, man, it's a hot day in Eternia. You know, your nuts are going to sweat, and it's not going to be good, especially Maybe when that. it's going to case in fur. It's going to smell like a, a, a you know, a, a bum's nuts. Well, it's sack. not like it would help him if it was cold either. It covers barely half. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Not even a quarter of his thigh. So it's not like it's keeping him warm either. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess they just make it short because it seems like it would be hot there. But... Um, <laughs> They don't really go into much of the battle, and, and, I, and I don't know who to really blame that on. But, I mean, what they did do a good job on is making Adam look frail before he turns into He-Man. It's like, this kid's going to get his ass kicked by pretty much anything. Right. And then here he comes, you know, and he's He-Man, and he's gigantic and huge. Well, so. I bet he is gigantic and huge. But um, basically, they're confronting Despera, and Tila gets knocked down pretty easily, and, and Despera's talking trash, saying, if you know, you should treat, you should uh, keep your servants in line more to He-Man. <laughs> and He-Man's like, she's not my servant, and that really makes Tila very upset. Now, the interesting thing is... And with everything that's been going on in the news of sports and stuff like that lately, yeah. they make it very clear in this issue that He-Man will not attack her because she's a woman. Oh, okay. And I thought that that was very interesting with everything that's been going on in the news lately. Well, I thought because her, name, her fleet name was called the Redskins, so I thought you'd be like, you know, that's, well, that's offensive. Right. I'm not going to, you, you know, never know. say well, that And name. then they've got warnings ahead of Tom and Jerry cartoons now, but that's yeah, another conversation for another day. Yep. Um, but he will. He said he will attack if she draws first blood. So that's kind of, kind of his rule, I guess. But it turns out the attacker is actually Adora. Now, if you know that name, I if it sounds familiar, it's Tila's uh, childhood friend who turns out to eventually be She-Ra, okay, Princess of Power. Sweet. So you kind of know she's gonna turn. On her father at some point on Hordak and his army. So, and they, as the run continues, they kind of get to that Shira origin. I think right. around issue 12, I think it was, or 11 or 12 is when they did the origin. But overall, I thought it was a good uh, number one issue. It was a good place to start off with the volume. I mean, since it does pick up from a previous volume, they do a kind of a good job of saying what happened. I'm not sure there were a whole lot of details, but I have to assume that some of the character development that was missing in this issue was in the previous volume. Right. So I would say, overall, the art is very powerful and detailed. I'm not just saying this, Pop, because you're going to be a Tidewater con, but Pop Man did a very good job of really bringing a powerful art to this issue. The, the writing was good, not great. Uh, everything seemed to suit the characters well. So I would say this is definitely a pickup. It's something where if you're if you're a He-Man fan, pick it up and see what you think of it because the art alone I think is worth picking it up. Right now, question now, of course He-Man has Battle Cat. Yes, is Battle Cat in the issue? No, no. 
Sadness. Very sad. But because uh, when you have an artist like Pop Man, I want that's one thing you want to see. But again, that doesn't mean that in like issue three or four, right? He's the Battle Cat is not in there. I'm sure. And in the previous volume, I don't know that either because I didn't pick up the previous volume, so right. it could be could very well be in that as well. But I'm sure that that eventually happens. But again, if you're a fan of He-Man, it may it made me want to read more. It didn't make me want to say go to Bob at Fantasy Escape in Virginia Beach and say, look, Bob, I need these back issues right now. Am I going to seek out a couple of them now? Probably, but I right. wasn't, it wasn't like that need where I was like, I have to read the rest of this. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like I said, like, like going back to Lobo, it's like one of those things like, I'm going to continue to read it because it's, it's interesting, you know, um, but like I said, it's just, it's one, it's not, it's like uh, one of those things where, you know, if you're reading a certain comic, like you said with He-Man, it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to grab my attention, but I'll still keep my pull just because... It's it's one of those things like, hey, I had nothing to do on a day right. like this. Let me and just I, pick up He-Man and read it. And I was always a He-Man fan growing up, so I was right. interested in picking this up, not just because of Pop Man's art, but because of it being He-Man. That's how I felt about Batman Eternal for quite some time, up until the, probably issue number 21 or 22, when mm -hmm. I started picking up again. And, you know, and I'm like, okay. I was, I was thinking about dropping it. I'm like... Man, I'm, you know, I hope it picks up and it starts picking up again. So okay, it's got my interest. But you know, you're gonna have those little lulls in comics oh, when you read them. Yeah. You know, sometimes especially weeklies. Especially weeklies. You know, um, you know, it's it, it's just. I mean, look at TV with Agents of Shield. You know, it starts off slow and and then you know it's still slow now. Man, I didn't watch oh, the second episode. Yes, cause I refuse to because I'm not a big fan of the show. But from everything I was hearing and reading, it's like okay, it picks up towards the end Definitely. of the later season and whatever. Um, but no, I mean. You know, like I said, there you have it as our, our reviews of, you know, Lobo and He-Man. And as we said, you know, pick them up. Don't put them in your poll just yet. You know, give them, a th give them a three issues. You know, I like I said, the most important thing I think anybody can have, especially a comic book reader, besides bagging board in your comics, no matter how young or old they are, um, is giving it three issues. Yeah, I think that that's fair. And, you know, maybe you love it more than we do. And make sure you tell us that at Facebook.com slash Down and Nerdy. But something you definitely... Going to want to stick with, and we're going to be talking about it with Trailer Talk coming up. New Nightwing fan series. Yes. And we'll talk about that next on Down and Nerdy. So a couple of months ago, we were talking about fan films. And one of them that we brought up is finally here. We've been waiting for it forever. ISM Hawk and the Nightwing, the series. And it is Amazing, yeah, it's a, it's amazing. Like we said, we've been in contact with these guys since pretty much it started. Mm. You know, we've been talking to them through email. You know, just hey, you know, what, what's an update? Give us an update because yeah. this for a while actually. I mean, it, you know, some people say, oh, it's under the radar. No, it's actually I think for a while was getting some pretty good pull and some pretty good, oh, you know, you know, uh, tension. And you know, it was directed by Adam Zelinsky. And now he, the best part of this is Danny Shepard, who is Dick Grayson oh, slash Nightwing. But he was also the creator of it, though. And he's in the thing I love about him is that he's a fan. Yeah, I mean, you can just tell when you're watching this, and the and the time and effort that they put into this, it was worth the wait because he is such a fan yeah. of Nightwing, and I think that that's something that you really need for a character. And I think like he's, this. he's got down to the look, not just of the suit, but even when he's outside of his suit. Oh, definitely. You know, he's got. You know, when you look at him, you can say that's Dick Grayson. Yes, you know, definitely. You know, you know he, it was, and, and it starts off like like buckle in because we're going for a freaking ride. That's man. right. You know, that's and that's what, you know, freaking uh, Deathstroke just shows up, starts like killing people left and right. And the choreography, you know, Lance Brazil's Deathstroke, the choreography, you know, his fighting 
was phenomenal. And when he's shooting people, that's what got me. Because I'm like, okay, it's oh, going to yeah. be like CW-ish. We're not going to show up. No, there's blood packets. Point blank range yeah, shots, dude. too, which is crazy. But the scene right towards the beginning that gets me is when he chops off the head. Of the senator. Yes. As he's walking away in the background, it's and of course you know it's blurred out in the background. You could see his head just slowly fall off his shoulders. I'm like, that's hardcore, man. It's like bravo to the effects team. And like I said, and it's getting a lot of attention now. Like I like comic news, everybody's been talking about oh, yeah. it. And rightfully so, because rarely do you see a fan film and you look at it and you're like, you know, you see, if you watch a fan film, we've talked about this on our fan film episode. We're like, you watch, okay, okay, we can see your fan, you know, nice job, you know, with a couple of lights and acting, whatever. But then you see something like this, which goes months and months and months, maybe even years into production, and I don't even want to know what the budget is. It's heavy over thousands of dollars. Well, the Kickstarter had a lot of supporters, which you saw in the credits, but I got to tell you, the production value and quality is amazing. In this, it's. It's and I don't want to put down other Kickstarters because no. they look good too. But this, I mean, it looked like something you would see on a network. Not only that, but it's a fr- can I say this? It, it's one of the fan films you see. Like, so no offense to anybody else who does fan films, especially in comics. It gave you something fresh. Oh, definitely. definitely you know, in terms definitely. of the storytelling and character, and you know, if we have Danny on the show, hopefully, you know, if he's not busy. I want to ask you, like, like, why Nightwing? You know, I know you're a fan, but, like, what was the draw of Nightwing and just itself? And, you know, you look at it and, like, you watch, like, okay, this is, you know, a dedicated fan. And you mentioned the aesthetics, how beautiful it shot. To me, you know, the camera, like I said, I'm from film school, so I saw, like, they shot it on the red. Mm. I'm like, you know, people don't know, you know, who don't know about cameras, that the red is pretty much, it's the, the biggest, the best, most expensive HD yep. camera you can get. Yeah, and it's beautiful. And there was just some tracking shots in there. It looked like there was a couple actually continuous shots as well. I think the shot of Dead or Deadpool, Deathstroke, going from like the hallway into the thing. I think that looked kind of like a continuous shot. Definitely. And I just think that one of the things we were worried about when we were talking about the trailer, because we talked about the trailer and fan film episode, um, was the dialogue because there wasn't any. Yeah. That was one thing. You know, like hey, we haven't heard any dialogue yet. Good job with that. Yeah, there were some parts where you're like, oh, okay. But then you're like, you know what, though? I'm not getting caught up in that. No, because, again, you, and you got to realize that this is a this is a fan film here. I mean, yes. they're not getting the cream of the crop of actors. But everybody did a good job but with the they roles did they were a, given. They did a very good job. And not only that, but one of the most important things, too, is they didn't make it too long. It was about eight minutes. No, and the other thing I think they did right, and a lot of fan films do this wrong, is that... They didn't focus on the gore fact. No. A lot of fan films, especially involving certain characters, you know, you go with the you know with you go with the huge blood splatter or right. the big kill. What they focused on here was first of all the brutality of Deathstroke they got right, but they didn't feel like they needed to overdo it with the effects yes. of the gore. Yeah, and you know, we mentioned a close range shot and his blood shooting out. It's fine. It's not like over the top. It's what you'd expect. It's not Tarantino esque. Right. It's exactly what you'd expect. Back for the action that you were given. What one thing that I thought was funny, and I don't know if you picked up on this, was when Deathstroke busts into the room. Right. And there's a band there, yeah, uh, performing at this fundraiser. Yeah, yeah. And as they're running out of the room when Deathstroke gets in there, the woman playing the string bass picks it up 
and runs out of the room with it. Oh, of course they always do that. I'm sorry. If somebody busts into a room with that kind of weaponry, I'm leaving the string base behind. <laughs> unless I'm using it as a shield for myself. Or a weapon because you're, you're El Cabong. Because I can't believe that I've got to get my string base before I save my life. I just thought that was funny. I didn't think they did it wrong. I'm not nitpicking. I just thought <laughs> No, it was great. It's the little things you see. Now, the one thing I'll say is one of my favorite scenes is the interrogation scene that Nightwing does. And he's trying to get find like, yo, who did this? For when, you know, when he's and, inter- and why interrogating Wintergreen. Yeah. yeah, he's interrogating Wintergreen. And he breaks his fingers. And he's mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to kill you, but I have nine more fingers to play with. And it reminded me of a scene in, I want to say it was, oh God, it was a Friday the 13th movie. I can't think which one. And the guy's like, you want this information on Jason? Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, I'll give it to you. He's like, but I have to, you have to allow me to break your fingers. Well, there and was so like a million of them, He's breaking so. the guy's fingers. Yeah, but I, I know it was one of those. It was that or Freddy one. It was one of those two guys. But anyways, great job, you know, by by, by Ismail and and just everybody there involved. I can't wait to see, you know, episode number two, I believe, comes out October 6th or the 8th. I think it's, yeah, one of those two. And, you, well, if you, it says at the end of the first yeah, episode. Yeah, but I'm going to say it's the sixth. Go watch it. I mean, it's on Facebook.com slash Down and Nerdy. We went ahead and reposted it. I, I can't wait to watch the next episode. I wish they would have made Wintergreen... A little bit more aggressive. I mean, if you know his history in the comics, he's supposed to be almost on par with Deathstroke. I wish they made him a little bit more aggressive. Maybe they will. Maybe he was kind of like playing the fool kind of thing right. at first. I don't know. So I hope that that's something that we see going forward. But it looks like from one of the trailers that we saw, you know, we're going to get Barbara Gordon. And maybe it was her wheeling in that Oracle. there at the end. So we're going to get her. It looks like we're going to get Red Hood yeah. at some point. Maybe even Bruce Wayne, I think, that they had uh, yep. in there as well. So it's very interesting to see the direction that they're going to go. And I think one of the great things about this is there's no pressure on these guys. No. There's no pressure at it all. It's like, you know, we're just going to have fun. We're just going to have fun doing this. It's going to, you know, as long as you know the heart is dedicated to doing this. And we do a fan film. Like I said, it's under raising the money. And it's like, you know, I can spend thousands of dollars doing something else, mm-hmm. but I want to make this eight. That's the thing, too, is films aren't cheap because, like, no. the thousands of dollars they spent on this for just, like, seven to eight minutes. It's amazing, you know? And people that volunteer their time. It's not even just money. Yeah. There's people that probably don't like those. You think those extras got paid? No. Probably not. I mean, maybe they got fed, but they probably didn't get paid. So, you know, they volunteered their time to be a part of something. And it's because you believe in it. And look at all the people that donated to this Kickstarter. A, because they, they love the character and they believe in it. But because they saw the effort and the quality that was being put into this. And like, I could be part of something real here. The final thing I'm going to say about this is you mentioned you know how the people that did Kickstarter and, and gave money to it. You want to know why I think that was? I think it was a lot of it came from the Dark Knight Rises at the end when people were like, we want to get a Dick Grayson movie. Mm-hmm. We want to get a Dick Grayson movie. We're not going to get a Dick Grayson movie. What happens? We get a fan film of Nightwing. So all the people that wanted that Dick Grayson, Nightwing, Robin movie, you know, after Dark Knight trilogy didn't get it. Next best thing. And I actually think that DC will be happy about how well this is done because this is just going to help them promote the Teen Titans show yep. that's going to be coming up on TNT. And, I, and I'm and i not kidding. If you haven't seen this Nightwing series yet, it's that good. It's this, this is a tool that DC can use to help promote a product that they've got coming up and maybe even bridge a gap. Yeah. Between it, and I don't think, but I'm not saying that they're going to find Danny and they're going to pick this up and they're going to use it somehow. I'm not saying that. Right. What I'm saying is, is that 
this is such a worthy nod to the character that this is actually going to help the cause. Oh, exactly, exactly. You know, but like I said, it was, it's a great film. Go out and watch it. And, you know, it, it's it's really great. So everything you want to see of a fan film, especially one with a big budget Definitely. and with this, you know, great point of view. But that's going to do it for Trailer Talk this week. Coming up next, it's Nerd News. And boy, do we have a lot of great stories to get through. More Down Nerdy coming up next. All right, boys and girls, nerdnets alike, it's time to go around the interwebs because it's your favorite topic and favorite segment of this show. Because why is it, James? Nerd news. And our first nerd news story. Let me just say this: Hallelujah, Hallelujah! Thank God this is over. Jack Kirby family and Marvel finally reached a settlement after oh. years and years of debacle. It's about time. I mean, we were on the verge of the Supreme Court here, and in the statement that was released, it says, Marvel and the family of Jack Kirby have amicably resolved their legal disputes and are looking forward to advancing their shared goal of honoring Mr. Kirby's significant role in Marvel's history. Now, here's some backstory on this, too. Now, the first legal action was taken was whether Kirby held copyright on the characters and concepts he authored as an independent contractor, freelance. Um, At the time... That Kirby helped create so many Marvel's characters, like Captain, you know, Captain America, and just all these other people. Um, he wasn't really employed by the company. Stan yeah. Lee was his right. partner, but not Kirby. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. Just because they collaborated a lot together doesn't mean that Kirby actually worked for Marvel. Yeah, um, and so the Kirby family legal battle began against Marvel back in 2009. That's when the Kirby heirs pretty much issued termination notices to Sony, Disney, and other marketing, you know, major production companies who were making films based on his characters. Ballsy move, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> very. Um, so, I mean, after attempts by Marvel to reach an agreement with, Kirby, with the Kirby family that failed, the company then sued the Kirby family to pretty much invalidate those notices so they can right. continue making Captain America and Fantastic Four and Iron Man. Now, as James mentioned, we were closing in a Supreme Court ruling on this. So it went to the lower courts. However, every time the lower courts ruled in favor of Marvel. Right, and there were a lot of appeals that got rejected. Yes. And eventually they actually got a September 29th date yeah. with the Supreme Court. But the settlement was before then. And this actually, I think one of the reasons that Marvel finally said, okay, let's settle this, there was a larger issue here. Because, and those larger issues were, you know, were going to be... Um, whether a court can constitutionally take copyrights authored by Kirby as an independent contractor and hand them to Marvel by redesignating them, like works for hire. And was Marvel an employer if Kirby was actually, was he an employee? You know, was there a payment? That's what it gets down to. Was there a payment? Right. What kind of, you know, royalties we have to pay them? And it, it really, if it went to the Supreme Court decision, they were saying that it could have gotten to this whole kind of like changing of the guard of how. Artists got paid. And not just artists. I mean, independent contracts exactly. in general. This could have had a ripple effect that have that could have gone through, of course, the comic book industry, but a lot of under, other industries as well. And I don't think Marvel wanted to toy around with that. I think no. that they just wanted to get... And the bad press alone. Well, they wanted to get it over with. You know, and like I said, I put this on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash nerdy, and I said this, and it got some good likes on it. Some people actually really agreed with me, and it was, you know, Stan Lee may have had the blueprint for Marvel, but Jack Kirby was the foundation right. that, that built Marvel. He was right. the, the cement that went down, because... You know, Stan, as good as, as great and amazing as Stan Lee is, I mean, he's a freaking legend. He's our, yeah. he's a god, you know? Yeah. Um, he, Kirby was the guy who did a lot of the work. He did yeah. a lot of the carrying. He did a lot of, you know, if it wasn't for Kirby, I think a lot of things wouldn't have happened. 
I'd like to see Ditko get his due, too. Oh, same. And he's still alive, by the way. Yes. So can we honor this guy before he kicks the bucket kind of thing? Because everybody lords over Stan Lee, like you said, and they should. And right. Kirby, I'd like to see Ditko get his, too. Right, exactly. I, mean, I don't know that he's not getting well, paid because, or anything, but I'd like to see him get well, more recognition. Well, mainly because Ditko was positive for Spider-Man, which literally, and Stan even said it, it got Marvel out of the depths Yeah, where of would Marvel be? Hell, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. We talked about this all the way back on episode one. Yeah. Where would Marvel be without Spider-Man? Exactly, and if that's the thing, is that you, know, you look at this, and it's like, you know, you want, and you see what DC did with their artists and their royalties and even the writers and everything else, and it's awesome. That was a big one. That was a big one. So we're seeing this great, great shift um, in society where, hey, these guys are finally getting their due. Now, another story which got a lot of people fired up <laughs> in hatred. You could say that. Um, <laughs> um, was the thing with the DC shirts that were released. People don't, like, what what DC shirts? Well, there were two shirts that were licensed by DC that received outcry earlier this week, around Tuesday. And the first one, one of them was a recreation of the Justice League number 12 cover of Superman and Wonder Woman kissing. Now, top next to the pick were word bubbles that said, score, Superman does it again. Right. And another one um, was a Batman t-shirt that says, you know, train to be Batman's, you know, future Mrs. Batman or Batman's wife. Batman's wife, yeah. Train to be Batman's wife. And a lot of people were upset about this. Now, notice if you look at the Superman shirt, it's different from the comic. How? Because he has a magic lasso around him. Yep, I was going to bring that up. Yeah. And and it's not, and it's missing mm-hmm. on this shirt. So I can understand where people got the 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 the, the difference of that. I get that. I get that. And However. They, they took the lasso out, and that shows intent. Yes. And... You know, and then keep in mind, these are just DC licensed shirts. Yes. These did not come directly from DC. Now, here's the thing. People will say, well, they're licensed by DC. You know, oh, and that's the thing too, I don't, I, I upsets me too, especially about the internet, because you got a lot of people that see these things and they quickly fire off an angry comment. They don't look at the actual process of how these things are licensed. Right. DC, when things are licensed, they don't really, and this is just any company as well, like DC, Marvel, whatever. When it comes to properties, if they're within the certain guidelines and aspects of the artwork of being used, right. DC, they don't put them through a vetting process. No, and, and neither does Marvel. Remember, Marvel had the same problem in April of 2013 when they had a shirt for girls with I Need a Hero on it and a bunch of the Marvel hero characters when the male equivalent to that was Be a Hero. Yes, and then there's another thing from DC that's getting more outcry too. It's um, a girl who says, I only date heroes, and then there's a one next to it for boys, and it says "Future Man of Steel." Right. So, I mean, now I want to clarify some a comment that I made on uh, our Facebook page when yeah. I posted the story originally, Facebook.com/slash/downandnerdy, um, and I said I was fed up with the way that you know we're you, so touchy feeling yeah. in society. It was a broad statement. Okay, there's a lot going on right now that I think. Everybody has everybody's championing something that they don't know enough about. Right. And I'm not saying that about this specifically. It's that everybody feels like they need to grab onto something and be outraged about something, and it's frustrating. They me. they think because they have a computer or they have a social media, they need to. Like, I'm not saying that there's there's good that it's comes from that. It's keyboard warriors, man. But it's keyboard warriors. It's people, it's, and it's a lot of uneducated people too. No, I'm not. And there's certain things that it's obvious. That you should be upset about. Yes. Like, I'm going to give you a couple of examples, as a matter of fact. And this is shirts, too, so I'm going to tie it in very well okay. with this. Uh, like, one shirt, if you remember the story about Urban Outfitters. Yes. They had a shirt, a sweatshirt, actually. Now, anybody who's familiar with the Kent State Massacre. Yes. Uh, from the 70s. Yep. 
Well, they had a sweatshirt that said Kent State Alumni Association or something on it, and it had blood stains on it. Yeah. That's not cool. No. That shirt's sold out, by the way. Yeah. I, I don't understand. By the way, I believe these two, all these Batman and Superman shirts, I believe, also sold out. I as don't well. understand how that didn't get the press that this is getting. The other thing right. is, if you might have heard about a, a shirt that was in the mall and in, in, in a mall in the Philippines. Okay. And it actually said, and I want you, if you're catching what this shirt says, and that's the first thing you hear in this episode, go back because I'm not saying this. Okay. Yes. This is what the shirt says, and I quote. The shirt says in text, it just says, it's not rape, it's a snuggle with a struggle. That's messed up. That, that's horrible. That is what the shirt says. So again, if that's the first thing you heard me say, go back. <laughs> I'm not saying that yeah. because I think it. It's that's, horrible. That's horrible. That's unbelievable. But I'm trying to make a point here. That's something to be outraged over. I think part of it, the outrage comes too from, from people because they say, well, it's it's you know, kids, you know, it's it's not like, you know, you mentioned the Kent State Massacre. It was a horrible thing. However, it's not as known widely as for right. this generation right. as Superman, Wonder Woman, and right. Batman. Um, now, my thing is this, is my take on that is this, is that you can have these outrages and everything as all you want, but in the end of the day, though, part of it, half it goes on the corporation because they can't allow right. for these things and to be DC made. And DC even came out and said, yeah, all right, we these agree. are not cool, yeah. But also part of it comes on the side of the parent. Hey, you can't now. I'm not a parent, James. You're a parent. Yes. Um, I'm not telling you how to raise your kids. However, as a parent, part of it is you have to. You cannot allow other people to regulate, like like other people as other exactly. parents regulate how you raise your kid or how what your kid wears. It's one right. of those things. Like you know, we both work in radio. I'm with the mindset of if you don't like it, change the channel. If you don't like our podcast, hit stop. Right. Don't buy the shirt, and yes. that's how you send the message. Yes. Don't buy this stuff like this wouldn't exist if it didn't sell. Now I know there's always going to be a douchebag that's going to buy this shirt. Right. There's always going to be small-minded people that buy these that will buy shirts. these things. And that's fine. And now first of all I'm going to say that I think the Superman one is offensive, the Batman one is not. Yes, I'm going to say if the Superman one to me is offensive. I think it would've been looked at differently if she had the lasso right. around. Right. If him. the lasso was there, it would yes. be totally different. But the Batman one is not, and I'll tell you why. It's all about perspective. Yes. I'll talk about this too. Think about what it's saying. Trained to be Batman's wife. And a lot of women will say, Physical. Well, screw that. I want to be Batman. First of all, you can't. And I'll tell you why. It's Batman. Batman. There's already there's a Batwoman. Right. There's a Batgirl. It's bat it's Batman for a reason. Right. Batman, not Batwoman. So a woman tech just like a guy can't be supergirl. Yeah. It's because it's Supergirl. It's Superwoman. It's Batwoman. You cannot, it's, it's, that's the way it is. My thing is, I don't find the shirt, the Batman shirt, at least offensive only because, as you said, it's perception. You know, trying to be Batman. Now, think about that. And a lot of people, as I said, would think about, okay, it's physical. You got to be physically strong. No. A lot of guys, especially myself, I want a woman who's, who's hardworking, who, who, you know, whatever, you know, it isn't just a party or whatever, isn't, Lucy Goosey. Right. I want somebody who's who's dedicated, smart, smart, strong, strong powerful. powerful. That's what I want. Not only in, in just women that I date and and hopefully marry, or woman I should say, but in female comic characters as well. That's what we're getting with them is strong, smart, sophisticated woman. You know, it it, it goes both ways. You can't just look at anything that somebody that says that in face value and say, okay, it's physical. You know, it's 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 body shaming. And it's not. Right. Let's list off some names. Talia Agul. Yes. Wonder Woman. Catwoman. 
Yep. Vicki Vale. Yep. Women that were actually involved with Batman slash Bruce Barbara Wayne. Gordon. These are strong women. Yes. Who wouldn't want to be these women? Yeah. You know what I mean? Who would Especially not want to Especially reading Batman Eternal and seeing the role Vicky Vale plays in it. It's exactly. amazing. Exactly. So training to be Batman's wife is not an insult. You should want to be strong, smart, and powerful like these women. Maybe the wording upsets you, but the message is actually a good message. Right. But it's wrapped in a wrapper that might not be appealing to you. Right. It might not please you, but the message is not a bad one. Right. So, and I think, and anybody who's listened to our past episodes knows that we are not sexist. No. When we talked about the Gamora issue with the with the the toys, toys, we were very much on the side of saying yeah, there should, there be, should more. be more Gamora. I, how long did I go on about the Wonder Woman movie and how there should have been yes. one by now and how stupid it is that there wasn't one? I wanted more Nebula in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. I mean, I am not a sexist person. If you want to throw a label on me or on Nick, be my guest. Your words do nothing to us. Because at the end of the day, well, yeah, that's, that's the thing. Because at the end of the day, anybody can say, oh, you're sexist or you're this, you're that. But at the end of the day, if you don't know us personally, if you haven't sat down with us, and not only just had conversations, but at least, you know, beyond the podcast, you know, gotten to know us as people, as individuals, and see all the good that we do. We volunteer, we do all these great things, you know. So what we say doesn't shape who we really are. No, and we just like the people who are outraged by the shirt, we're allowed to have an opinion, and it's very difficult. But at the end of the day, you cannot police what other people wear. For no. example, like for example, I'll say this: I do not like shirts that have swearing on them at all. Right. When I see something like that, and people think, "Oh, it's funny," or I despise those, man. But. I'm not going to go to somebody and say, hey, turn your shirt inside out. Right. I'm going to go to my kid and say, hey, see that shirt? Don't wear that. That's a, you know, Here's why. I was in Target yesterday. Okay. And I was walking. You can you, know, you go in. The women's clothes are yeah, right there. they're right there. So the right. I was walking towards the men's clothing, past women's clothing, and I take a look to the left, and there's a shirt for young girls, and it said, let me help you help me. And I'm like, yeah. you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Really? And, and again, I wouldn't tell anybody not to buy that shirt, but I'm thinking, no daughter of mine. Yeah. Not going to happen. I don't particularly care for that because that's not an attitude I would want my daughter If you to want have. your kid to wear those types of shirts, be our guest, but know, you got to know what the types of things they're going to face for wearing exactly. such things. It's not for me, no. but if you want to do it, I'm not going to judge you for that. And just keep in mind that when we talk about stuff like this, we're not talking about it. To please the public. And we're not talking about it to incite anger or even or even clickbait. We're not doing a clickbait No, we're either. not. What we're doing is we're having a, a frank and honest discussion because that's what's missing in the world right now. Frank and honest discussion. Not only and honest, but open-minded as well. Right, exactly. And it's, and it's really hard to take the contrary opinion on issues like this. Yes. Because it's really hard to actually sit down and think and say, you know what, maybe this isn't what it looks like. And sometimes it is. Like the Superman thing, the lasso missing. That that's shows big. intent. Because that's intent. Now, and if I'm Jim Lee, I'm furious. Yes, and if you have people for people saying, "Oh, well, why should it matter?" The last was there. Here's the thing: for people who are listening who aren't comic book fans, and most of our listeners are comic book fans. Mm. People don't know about Wonder Woman's lasso. When you she wraps it around somebody, she can pretty much make them do whatever she wants exactly. them to do. So I haven't read Justice League number twelve, but. You know, whatever. You know, that's 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 my view on it. Not but the to mention, fact it, that it makes it look not, more mutual. Exactly. 
you know, and, and consensual. And Wonder Woman is super powerful. Maybe not as powerful as Superman, but she's she's she an Amazonian goddess. Yeah, she can hold her own. If I mean, she might not be able to beat Superman, but she'd be toe for toe with him if they ever had yeah. to throw down. But again, you know, the things about these shirts, like I said, it, as a if you're a parent. You cannot go through life saying, I'm offended by this because, you know, oh, kids see this, kids see this. Yes, kids are going to see things that they, you don't want them to see. They're going to hear things you don't want them to right. hear. It's your job as a parent to say, listen, we don't talk like that. Here's why. We don't, you know, we don't dress like this. Here's why. You know, it's your job as a parent to teach your children about these things. You're never, like, sexism is horrible. Oh, you absolutely. Know, we're not, you know. And no, it exists. No, no, and it, but it exists. Now, I'm sorry, but it's always going to exist. And because as long as somebody has that negative viewpoint, it's going to exist. As long as there's one person in the world, right. 99% of the world can have the viewpoint we do. But if there's one person that says, you know what, sexism is cool, it's going to exist. And I'm sorry, but there's going to be people who are simple-minded and think that, that, that these shirts are all, that, that at least the Superman shirt is cool. It's not. The right. Batman shirt, like I said, we think, the way we view it. It, the the message goes beyond what the clothing says. As long as these things keep selling, they will we'll make, they will always be there. Not it, only that, but think about it. People do things sometimes just to get attention. If you want to yeah. get attention, you do something like this. There's no such thing as bad press. They say in the media. Well, for example, time. like these shirts, they're saying these things negative press. But from what I've been reading, these shirts have sold out. Right, they're gone. And maybe that's because there's a lot of sexist people in the world. Maybe it's because people like these shirts. I actually, quite frankly, I think both shirts are kind of dumb. Yeah. And, and that, but that's, and that's just me. And I even said that when I first posted, like, I don't really think these are awesome. Yeah. I, I don't think that, especially the Batman one, I wouldn't look differently on a woman for wanting no. to wear it. But I just, it's not the coolest Batman shirt I've seen for ladies, yeah. you know? So, and I think that, you know, I only kind of buy cool shirts and so does my wife. So I don't yeah. know. We don't, like I said, we don't see the, the, at least the Batman shirt. We don't see it as objectifying women. We just see it as, you know, there's more to the wording than what it actually says. Now, the final thing we'll say before we move on to our next, you know, story about DC, they issued a statement and DC said, they read, quote, DC Comics is one of the many of the greatest male and female superheroes in the world. All our fans are incredibly important to us, and we understand that the message on certain t-shirts are offensive. We agree. Our company is committed to empowering boys and girls, men and women, through our characters and stories. Accordingly, we are taking a look at our licensing product design process to ensure that all our consumer products reflect our core values and philosophy. Close quote. So, do they need to be tighter locks on what they allow to be licensed? Yes. Right. But again, in the end... Half of it's on DC, half of it is on the parent. There's two things here. First of all, anything that your child sees, you can shape them however way yes. you want to shape them. Yeah, children are, are, are they're molds of clay. You can shape them. That's the first thing I wanted to say. Second thing is we need to realize, and I talked about this when we had the whole issue with the with the child statue and the whole yeah. last thing, back, if you want to go back and yeah. listen to that. Not everything goes up as high as you think it does. No. Certain things, like a licensing issue, doesn't go all the way to the top to the head of DC Comics uh, up in the big office on the 90th floor or wherever. Yeah. This is one guy making an opinion. Or And honestly, for stuff like this, if you're in that job of approving these things, most of the 99% of the time, I guarantee you, they look at it quickly, check it off, and yep. throw it to the side. Because there's a million other things right. they got to go through. They're not studying the hundreds and hundreds of shirts that get licensed by other people with DC Comics characters on them. Maybe they should, but they probably don't. Maybe they will now. But you have to keep in mind, before you hit send on Twitter, 
that maybe there's a different perspective here, and maybe this didn't go all the way to the top of the ladder like you think it did. Right. Well, speaking of things that don't go all the way to the top of the ladder, um, we both played Tetris growing up. We love it. Religiously. Religiously. So how do you feel, you know, now knowing that everything's being made a movie, how do you feel about Tetris being a movie? Now, according to the Wall Street Journal, Threshold Entertainment, whose major credits include 95's Mortal Kombat film and the sequel Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which was an annihilation in and of itself. It was a horrible mm-hmm. sequel. Um, they're teaming up with the Tetris company to create a live-action movie based on Tetris. Now, before I let you get to your point, Threshold CEO Larry Kasanoff said, now here's the type of movie it's going to be. You want to know what kind of movie it's going to be? I can't imagine. It's a very big, epic sci-fi movie. This isn't a movie with a bunch of lines running around the page. We're not giving the feet to the gen- geometric shapes. Brands are the new stars of Hollywood. We have a story behind Tetris, which makes it a much more imaginative thing. Now, before I let you say your opinion, James, there's already been a Tetris movie. It's called Pornography. Have you seen the many positions that they put themselves in on, that, on pornography? I bet you, you have. Imagine that. I can only imagine what that would be like. Um, I guess if all the right no, pieces go into place. Have you ever watched porn with a Tetris scene? Because it's like, it would seem amazing. Like the moment you get to, oh my God, it would seem like hilarious at the same time, too. I, I can imagine that somebody's probably already done that. Yes. I mean, <laughs> man, I guess if all the right pieces get put into place. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I still think it's... If you had one of those things where you're having sex and all of a sudden it's like, wrong hole, okay. <laughs> I've never happened to me. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> I got it. I just think this is a blockhead idea. I really Wow, do. you pulled yes, that pun out. That's yes I did. Of your geometric ass. I just feel like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be I'm gonna wait for this whole movie for that straight line that gets to the point. Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is my co host, people. This is my this I, is my, I my don't, partner. They're out of ideas, man. Well, of course. They're out of ideas. And I, I want to It's a sci fi movie. Not it's like wow, how can you make Tetris a sci fi movie? Like I can see maybe like Hey, we got to put this puzzle together and it saves the world. I can see that. They did Tron. They did Tron. But they made it work. They made Battleship made a movie, but it was horrific. You yeah, know, they want to make Candy. They're it, making a Monopoly movie. It wasn't even really Battleship either. That's what gets me. And the, the water. Come on. I want to point out that the article <laughs> that we pulled this from, and I can't remember the source, but it's on Facebook.com slash Down and Nerdy. Yeah. Uh, the Wall Street Journal was the original source. The words, brands are the new stars of Hollywood, were in bold print. Yes. That scares the hell out of yes. me right now. Yes. Because Snickers the movie is coming. At this <laughs> point. Twix. It's going to be, the Romeo and Juliet has, you know how the Twix has that ad of like, we have left Twix and right Twix. It's like Romeo and Juliet, but with candy. Do you realize that there's someone in Hollywood right now that's listening to our Nerd Snacks episode from a couple weeks ago that's clicking off movie Gummy Bears, there's a movie right there. Adam Sandler just signed a four-picture deal for Netflix, oh, Jesus, and three yes, of did. those movies are going to be about the Nerd Snacks. It's going to be <laughs> Ecto Coolers the movie, okay? Yes. If brands are the new stars of Hollywood. <laughs> would i i just i just no, i don't get it i don't, I don't. either I, but you, i just don't the lego movie made sense no but no no here's the thing when 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 they said we're making a lego movie a lot of people were like really a lego movie how are you gonna make a lego movie amazingly that's how that's how they do it they do it amazing yeah because they brought because there's characters in legos they're not just blocks that you build stuff with they brought characters in and they did a great job with it in creating different worlds i don't know how you do that with tetris the tetris movie's gonna have a sequel it's gonna be dr mario the movie pretty much it's gonna yes. be it's gonna be like that 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 medical sequel the falling pills, taller starring Robert Downey Jr. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I You're going to hell. <laughs> You're going to hell. 
know, but I mean, maybe this movie will clean up its act too and become yeah. a huge star. I don't know. I doubt it, but yeah. Uh, I, I just think this movie's going to be waking up on a stranger's couch one day. See, people, you thought my jokes were horrific and, and dark? No. I give you James with them. <laughs> I can imagine what Cody would say. He's probably afraid. laughing, dude. Or he'd probably just like hold his head ashamed, like, dude. Uh, no, I kid. Robert Downey Jr. is yes. a great guy. And, yes. and, you know, he, he had rough times, but he cleaned himself up. So yeah. I kid, but I, I just, this is a stupid idea. And yeah. I, I really hope that we're wrong. We're not. We're not. We're not. We're not. When this trailer comes out, when we talk about this during trailer talk, when this trailer finally I'll be comes sure out, they're watching porn at the same time we as I have the trailer are, going. I, I can't imagine what we're going to say. I, I, I don't understand. And here's the other thing that the article says. No cast, crew, production date, or release date has been determined. Because nobody <laughs> wants to do this. this. I don't understand why. Keanu Reeves is on board, probably. Now, what else says about Tetris is as much as we're bashing, bashing Tetris, um, if you go, I think, I don't know if it's DeviantArt or whatever, but they did somebody, I forgot, it was somewhere over in Europe, somebody did this lighting contour of Tetris, like around the streets. Like the street lamps they cut, they made them into Tetris blocks, and it was amazing. That's a good idea, though. Like if you did, that's a cool That's idea. an awesome documentary. Like if you want to do, okay, Tetris movie based on this guy's, this person, or this woman's, man, I don't know who did it, but this person's street art of covering up street lamps and making them like some Tetris blocks, that's interesting. Exactly. Like Donkey Kong, they're not like a Donkey Kong movie, but what they can do? Fistful of quarters. Right. Major success. I love that movie. You right. know? Um, but no, it's a stupid, a stupid idea, and it's something that's just... Hollywood's so lost. And speaking of something that's lost but has been found, James, and we posted this last night late on our Facebook page, Sherlock Holmes movie, silent movie, 100 years old, nearly 100 years old, finally found. I can't believe that they actually found this. It's such a cool thing, and it's actually going to debut at a film festival in San Francisco, Silent Film Festival, next year. I think it's in May of 2015. Yep, a nitrate dupe negative of the film directed by Arthur Berthlett for s &E Studios in 1916 was discovered in the vault of the archive a few weeks ago for Cinematique. Uh, Francois, the French Film Archive announced, they announced it on Wednesday. Um, as you said, James, it's undergoing a partnership in digital restoration with Cinematique Francois Francais, I don't know how you say it. It's French. It will it's on. some French word. And the San Francisco Silent Film Festival. Now, the restored film is going to premiere at the Tout La Memoire du Monde at the film festival. Let me rephrase this. The film, I'm going to get this. The restored film will premiere at the Tout La Memoire du Monde, which is the film festival film festival of the Cinematique Francois in January of 2015. Yeah, I got Yay. it done. Yeah, um, I feel like we need to read the rest like this. Yes. I'm not going to do that. No. Um, William Gillette yes. is in this. Now, if you it don't was know his only the appearance name, as, as Sherman Holmes. That's oh, right. Sherlock Holmes. It was Sherman Holmes. In film, because he was the star of Sherlock Holmes on stage. Yes. Vaudeville. It was, it was 1960 was time of like uh, the Vaudeville, late 1800s. You had the Nickelodeons. Now the Nickelodeons were like the five cent silent mm -hmm. films. You put nickel in, and it shows like my like a minute of a of a film, a silent feature. But 100 years old, dude. This is when theater was at its peak. This is when amazing. this is when they were starting to, to go from vaudeville theater into the film. Right. Exactly. This is like finding a long lost Charlie Chaplin gem. Now, the U.S. debut will also be at San Francisco Silent Film Festival in May of next year as well. Now, I just think that Sherlock Holmes is so much a part of nerd culture. Oh, my mom grew up on Sherlock Holmes, man. My mom's a nerd. think about it, detective comics. Yes. 
That's Batman. Who's the ultimate detective? Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock but Holmes. you also, like, back in the day, man, you had those detectives crimes fighting style. My grandfather had rows of cassette tapes of the Green Hornet mm. and the Lone Ranger. So, I mean, it, it was awesome because you had the, the popping noise and everything else. But it was great because, you know, you see something like this. Now, here's a question. Of all things in theater or whatever, what's the one or movies... What's the one thing? Because this is 100 years old. It was, they thought it was lost. What's the one thing in all of nerddom, geekdom, whatever, that you wish, hey, I stumbled upon this. It's an older thing. Or maybe it's something that was lost and never made it to the final production. I'll go first. I want, I would love to stumble upon an Avengers-style monster movie. Where like Dracula, the mummy, werewolf, swamp thing, team up, you know, and Frankenstein, and team up that like Avengers-style. Save the world. That would be very interesting. I love the Universal Monsters. Those are my favorite. Of all the horror and the monsters, I love the Universal Monsters. I would love to think that the Siegel family somehow sat down with Stan Lee one day. Okay. Over a couple drinks, and they made a Superman Captain America comic. Ooh. Where they went after the Nazis one for one final battle. Oh, that's awesome. So the thing that we know will never happen for we and we don't know actually did happen, and there's some dusty jacket cover somewhere yes. of this, and Stan will never talk about it because he can't. It's that dirty little secret that yeah. nobody knows about. But to find something like that where two iconic it, heroes team up that will never team up outside of fan films. It would be it would like be awesome. the Star Wars Christmas special, but except it would not suck. Yeah, it would actually be good. It would be good, but that's going to do it for this edition of Nerd News. Come up next is our main topic, which is, well, Cinematic University talked about those last week, compare them to DVC TV, but however, we're putting ourselves in the cowls and underneath the masks. Find out, what, and we're going to talk about the casting process of superhero films and what movies we want to be in and who we play. That's coming up next. Main topic, come up down nerdy. Stay tuned. So when you're growing up and you're thinking, oh, I want to be Batman, I want to be Superman, we've all played that role, but when cinematic universes rose up, you can't help but wonder, I could do that. So we're going to be talking about the characters of heroes and villains in cinema, and maybe what roles we'll put ourselves in, and what makes a good blank. So you go ahead and start off, Nick. Okay, so what makes a good character for, you know, when, when you're casting for a superhuman or super, you know, hero role they had to look the part, of course. You have to walk. They have to have that aura. They have to be able to walk in and be like, "Wow!" The this. swagger has to be there. For like, sure. for example, I'll take Robert Downey Jr. When he walked into the casting booth or the casting office, and it's like, "That's Tony Stark." That, he that, embodied. He, he embodied it so much. Tony Stark. Like Stanley even said, he's like Tony Stark is pretty much written for Robert Downey Jr. Yes, he. Really it has was. to have that. You know, another movie I'll talk about. It's not really a, a superhero movie, but Notorious, the B.I.G., the Biggie Smalls movie. Mm. Um, I listened to the commentary and his mother. Uh, Biggest Biggie Smalls' mother said when the guy who played him walked in, she goes, he had the walk, he mm -hmm. had the breathing. Mm -hmm. She's like, that was Christopher, that was my son. Yep. So it has to have that. B, you know, depending on cost, especially if it's like something, okay, we're not so, for example, like Iron Man, because we're like, okay, we're not so sure about this as our star, you know, starting off with Cinematic Universe, mm. You don't want to go too expensive, but you don't want to go cheap. You want to find somebody who's reasonable. You don't want to shell out $20 million for somebody and end up sucking. Exactly. Um, so you want to see somebody, okay, who's going to work with? And, and also, who, how are they going to work with, with the director and everything else? 
Um, but for cats, like I said, they got to have the look. They got to be able to have that swagger. They have to have the aura. When they walk in, you you believe it. For example, I'll talk about the, you know, I talked to Bob over Fantasy Escape about this, about the Deadpool movie, as much as I don't like talking about it <laughs> um, until it happens um, and we get a trailer. But no, I said, I go, part of me, my problem is when I watched it, I liked it. But my thing was, I just couldn't get, when I watched it, I couldn't get past the fact of like, okay, it's just Ryan Reynolds in a Deadpool costume. Yeah, I think that, again, we're talking about perception here. And perception can be everything. And I think that part of the process here is as unfair as this is. And one of the things that I thought of is it has to, what they did in the past matters. Yes. It matters, especially in films, because you can't help but look at this and say, like, you can't help but look at Ben Affleck and say, Okay, that was Daredevil, and, and it was and it was awful. But with Ben Affleck, you can say, okay, there was a town, there was Gone Baby Gone. Right, but that's so he redeemed himself. But if you look at somebody like Ryan Reynolds, it's like, okay, we want to do him, put him in Deadpool. However, he had Green Lantern, which was a fail. He had that police, that you know, police department movie, RIPD, RIPD, yeah. which was a flop. I mean, a lot of his comedies flopped too. So I think that perception in certain things like that. Means absolutely. You gotta everything. be able to sell them. You, know, you yeah, gotta be. You gotta it's all go, marketing. And the other thing to me is you gotta you gotta be a fan. Yeah. I'm sorry. There's no getting around it. Like Kate Mara, all the stuff that's coming out. Every oh, time she Fantastic, opens her mouth time, about Fantastic Four. No, anytime anybody from Fantastic Four opens their mouth, I want to strangle Fox. It just doesn't make any sense. You could tell that, it, especially in Kate Mara's case. I don't know. I don't want to speak for anybody else, but for her, she's even come out and said. I'm not a big comic book fan. I'm not a fan. You have to be a fan or become a fan. You have to have the interest level has to be there. This can't be a job. Yes. You know what I mean? This has to be something that you like. I'm excited about going to work and I just go to collect a paycheck. I'm not saying right. that they did, but the, from what they're sounding, it's like, oh, okay. I think that's what made one of the things that made Guardians of the Galaxy great was Chris Pratt embodied Star Lord Peter Quill yeah. so well. You could tell. He wanted that. He was a fan. He wanted to make this character what it ended up being. And I think that's one of those things that you absolutely positively have to do. You also have to have a director that no understands, like the director for, for Guardians. Uh, I can't, I, I blank on his name. But anyways, he has... Gunn, right? James Gunn. Yeah. Um, he, you have to understand, okay, we got to get a director in here who, especially something like Guardians. Okay, it's not popular, but... How can I make this unlike any Marvel movie? Because it deals with something like space. Right. You know, like, look at Green Lantern. And I hate to peep on Harp on Ryan Reynolds, but it's one of those things. It's like, only thing you're glad that I can pull from a DC universe. Right. Um, it's like, okay, it's something like this, but what are we going to do? Okay, everything's going to be green screen, even a suit. Um, we're not going to really care about the characters, not give them any depth. You know, it's, it's again, I wanted to spend, spend so much time on Earth. It's like I want to spend so much time, more time on Oa, right? And 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 just that type of space, you know, stuff like that. And Gone was like, "Hey, this is a space movie. We're gonna keep it primarily on space, right? You know, even you know on Planet Nova with Nova Corp. You know, it's it's like to say, okay, we're gonna spend some time on it, but we're not going to spend all the time, right? On they it. didn't park it there and, and stay there. They made it, they made just he made it seem like, like look and it is like a giant universe like hey there's different parts we can travel to so a part of it is that now with me like I say we talk about casting talk about directing you know we have to have it all comes down to the studio the studio has to be able to get people in there who read the comics like literally read the comics yes. before you know getting the position and that's at all levels too I think I don't think you could just say. 
oh, you can pick this guy because he read a bunch of Superman comics, or you can pick right. this director because he loved Spider-Man. It has to be on, you, you have to, it's not just one person, I guess what I'm trying to get at. Right. You have to have director, main actor, producer, supporting roles that actually maybe are not as deep into the stuff as we are, but were fans or growing up, you know, they were Spider-Man as for Halloween one year as a kid and they fell in love with the character. So they kept up with it. Right. I want those people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think doubt. that's the way it needs to be done. You can't just have somebody that rolls up in there that's that has no idea of any of the backstories of any of these characters, just rolls in and says, all right, let's make a movie. Yeah, you can't have that. You, you can't. And I felt like you're, you don't want to harbor on Ryan Reynolds. It's my turn. I feel like that's what happened with Green Lantern. Yeah. I didn't hate it like a lot of people But they did, had but a big budget. More. They had a budget like over like $250, $300 million. And you look at it on the screen, you're like, that doesn't look like a... $300 million, no, $250 million and I, movie. And I think that I'm not even sure how much budget matters anymore. Right. Depending well, on the big character. Studios, they can take, a lot of these studios nowadays can take a hit. Right. You know, especially if you're Disney. Well, think about like think about stuff that would need a big budget and wouldn't. Like you make an Aquaman movie. Like a, a legit Aquaman that's movie. Gonna, that's going to be a good budget right You're going to need a bigger budget because there's a lot of effects there. Yes. You make a Daredevil movie. No, not a lot. Not so much. Not a lot of money needs to be... That's, that's why, why it's Netflix on Netflix is doing now. it. There's not a big budget that you need there. So there's certain times you're going to need more money than others. I think Iron Man's another very good example yeah. of that. And, of course, any team-ups like Avengers, you're going to need a big budget. Yeah. I think if you do something like Arrow, something that... Sometimes like a normal person, well, like even Flash, you know, going on the TV side of it, you know, yeah, you don't need the big budgets. I think what, if anything, what the TV has proven to us is that the cinematic universes don't need to spend that money. Yes. Now, our next part of this is we talked about the casting, we talked about directing, talk about studios backing. Now it's time to get into nitty gritty. Who would you want to play? Now it can be from a past movie. It can be. It doesn't have to be superhero. It can be geek. Whatever. If there's a character you want to play. Who would it be? I will go first. But me, Spider-Man's awesome. But a lot of stuff CG. I want to go Deadpool. I would love to be Deadpool. I want to be I the Merc with that. the mouth. I could see that. You've got the personality for it. Oh, you do. can embody it. I mean, it's it's just you know the smart ass nature yeah. of the character, but at the same time, he's this just incredible assassin. Yeah, and a lot of stuff could be. Pra I, I like doing practical stuff. So a lot of stuff is practical. So it's not like oh my god, it's all heavy CG. That's why I said Spider-Man's awesome. I like being in a suit, but a lot of stuff CG. It's like I want to be able to do my own stunts and stuff like that. You know, um, another you know another person I'd like to be. I would love to have been Marty McFly. I would love to have been in Back oh, to the Future. Oh, that would have been so fun. That would have been so fun. It would have been great. I would have had that on my list too. So your turn. Uh, I I hate to be simple about this, but I've it's been since I've been like four. I've always wanted to be Batman. I mean, just because one of the reasons is because he's. He built his right. superhero and his skills. He built that on his own. Not not necessarily the the flamboyant and having all the money. And that's that's not what I see. You Just, want the cape, the cowl, the Batmobile. Yes. You want. I want the gadgets. Want the gadgets the, that I created. The detective work that yes. goes behind what he does. The way he calculates and just every little thing is considered to the letter, and the way he tracks down. Who he's going after. I just think <laughs> that going through... And the fighting skills, of course. Of course. All the stuff that goes with it. I mean, I just... Who wouldn't want that? It's the mind more 
than the brawn, than the swagger. Yeah. It's that mind that's always working. So if there's one person that you're coping with, you don't want to be casted as, like you have no choice. They said, we don't want you to, you know, we, we offer you this, this role. What don't you want to be? Oh, geez. That's a, that's a really tough one. I see your argument um, with Spider-Man. Yeah. I really do, because a lot of that is is CG. Um, I got to say, uh, to me, it would be Green Lantern. Really? Only because eh, it's just not a universe I see myself in. It's a weird weird thing to say that. I just don't, you know, the power ring thing. I'm like, real, it's like my cell phone. I got to charge it. Now yeah. I got to go find that, you know, I got it's like yeah. that commercial where everybody's hugged up against the wall in the airport because they got to charge their phone before yeah. they get on the plane. I don't want to have to, you know, I'm in the middle of a battle here. I need to go find my charger now. The one role I do not want to be, I would not want to be, especially if they did a remake, I don't want to be Biff from Back to the Future because I don't know if I can take three movies of horse shit going into What are you mouth. looking at, butthead? Not just that, but I just can't, like, the whole manure thing, I can't take getting piled out with manure. Well, neither can the guy that played Biff because he never well, he's stronger wants to talk about it anymore. Well, he, no, he actually talked about it. He's actually, he's actually a comedian right now. He's actually really, he actually likes talking about he it. He does make fun of it, though. He's got yeah. a whole, he's got a song about it, which yeah. I think is really funny. But I don't want to be, I don't want to be Biff. I don't want to be Biff. And I don't want to be, honestly, I'm going I'm to tell you this right now. I don't want to be, because I, I, you know, I have one arm. I don't want to be a character that's known for having one arm. I don't want to be Mega Man. No, obviously not. I don't want to no. be Aquaman after he gets the hook claw or whatever, the trident hand. You know, I don't, that's the thing. I, I want to be more than that. I don't want to be Cyclops. Well, yeah. I wear glasses. So do I. You know, so I don't want to. I don't want to be Cyclops. I don't want to be known as the guy with the eye problem. Or you don't want to be like Edward Nigma and just that. Like, like you're just playing Edward Nigma. That's I'd love all to be the Riddler. No, no, no you're no, you're awesome. just no, you're not the Riddler. You're just Nigma. No, not Nigma. No, you're no. Gotham. No, Nigma. No, no. That's all you are. No, no. Yeah, exactly my point. Here's a th here's another thing because you know with these movies also comes the worlds. Oh, big paychecks too, based, by the way. That are that are based in these movies. So. If you could be a character solely based on their world, which one would you want? Like, you'd want to be Batman because you want to be in Gotham. Gotham. Okay, I see what you're going with. <laughs> I see I see what you're going with. Um, because I'm in their world, I wouldn't want to be an X-Men because of just the fact of the people hating the mutants and, right. and that kind of, you know, hatred. Um, I can't, I don't want to be an X-Men. Um... God, just because of their world. You think about that while I give you mine. Okay, give me your ears. I would want to be Thor solely because Asgard looks like a really cool place. It just looks like a... I mean, look at the food that they have. Right. Everybody's happy all the time except for when the frost giants show up. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's this beautiful Well, you got to deal with Loki all the time, though. Loki, I could deal with him. I could deal with him. I mean, you've got everybody's got a family member that's somewhat like Loki without right. the destruction. I mean, <laughs> so I mean, you could you could deal with that. I just think that Asgard. I mean, you look like especially the wide shots. Marvel's done a fantastic job looking at that. I just think that looks like a really nice place. To I be. got mine. It actually just came to my head. I want to be Neo from the Matrix. I want to be able to put something in the back of my head and download. I want to know how to ride a bike, or or you know drive manual transmission, or be a great swordsman. Okay. Five seconds later, I'm a master freaking swordsman. I know, I know how I can finally drive transmission with my one arm. It's a great day in America. <laughs> I know kung fu. I know kung fu. I dude, I totally know how to have, fight with one arm, man. Uh, wow. Nobody would want to be in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. No. They're making another one of those. By I know. Way. Let's just throw that out there. Yeah. Oh gosh. 
But yeah. I mean, no, it's just like, oh god, like I mean that'd be awesome. Like I said, like Marty Fly. Like I want to be able to live in a world where time travel is possible. And like, hey, let's go to this day in this year. You know, I mean, it'd be awesome. You know, uh, um, it, of course, it'd be totally, you know. Uh, um, a lot less incest, though. Well, yeah, because, you know, you'd be a little bit more aware of that, I think. Yeah. Or you'd avoid those time periods altogether. That way there's no crossover there. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, he's... Well, I would like to go back to the 50s or whatever like that. You know, just because, like, hey, Pepsi was a quarter, you know? Right, exactly. Well, then there's that. And there's that, you know, and, and, and just... You know, just go back and be a, like a Nostradamus kind of thing. I always thought it would be cool to be Robin Hood. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, you've got the, the band of people that come with you and they, you know, rob the rich and give to the poor. Especially if you're the men in tights universe. Yes, exactly. We're men. We're men in tights. It's in my contract, people. I have to sing at least once every episode. Yes, you do. And uh, please. We may look like pansies. But doesn't mean we won't punch out your lights. I'm very grateful you're not wearing tights right now. Yeah. Very grateful. Yeah. I just, I'm wearing shorts, by the way, so you're lucky. I'm lucky. Look, I just showed up and wore pants. Uh, well, I, I keep waiting for Cody to show up in a kilt. For one That's going to happen. So, I mean, just just wait for that. I'm not saying it's going to happen in Tidewater Comic Con, <laughs> but uh, you never know. That'd be hilarious. I don't know. I've just always had this, uh, this weird obsession with the bow and arrow. I don't know why I've never learned to shoot one, because I've always wanted to be able to, you know, draw back the arrow. And sh- I always thought that that was that Robin Hood had a very cool existence other right. than constantly being hunted for being an outlaw. <laughs> but right. he seemed to avoid it pretty well, so why not? The whole living in the woods thing, though, that would get me because I need you modern... You your butt with twigs I need and modern leaves. conveniences. I've had to do I, that. You need indoor plumbing. I've had to do that, by the way. I've had to well, wipe... Well, we both in Boy Scouts, I think. I mean, it's, ri- it's ridiculous. That's not something that anybody should have to do. I need certain modern conveniences... Plumbing being one of them. Yes. I mean, so the whole living in the woods thing, I'm not down with, but I, I just always wanted to be, be Robin Hood for some reason. Yeah, man. I mean, there's just so many awesome people like to, to be in just so many different universes and everything like that. And pardon me, I would like to live in the Simpsons universe. That would be very interesting. Wake up, you're all yellow, and you're like, oh, what am I going to do now? Animated universes are, are well, hopefully, really interesting. The, the, could you imagine? And I know they kind of touched on this in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Could you imagine being in the oh Looney Tunes universe? That'd be amazing. With Daffy Duck, and or just like a, like the Space Jam universe, or just like they said, like, just like the Roger Rabbit universe, where cartoons and humans are like in the same place. Exactly. So when they did that in Roger Rabbit, that was one of the things I loved about that movie so much because you kind of put yourself in their world, and yeah. you kind of started to imagine, you know, God, what would that be like? God, what would having sex with a cartoon be like? Well, they found that out in, uh, what was it? Lots cool of world? paper cuts. Cool world. Ask Brad Pitt. He knows. Well, there be also lots of paper cuts, too. Yes, there would and be. And places you don't want paper cuts. Line segments. Oof. Yikes. Ugh. wonder what those STDs would be like. Oh, God. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry, Mr. Johnson, but <sighs> the test came back positive. You, you have been inked. You have you you have inking. Ugh. You have terrible inking. What the prescription would be a giant pill that you needed to take with a bucket of water. No, it wouldn't be that. It'd be like, you had to like erase your part of yourself every day, like like oh, like you're profusely inking. <laughs> and we're all the back place. to back to the future again. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it all comes back. It all back comes to back the full circle on this show, people. That's what we're all about. Okay, so. Who is that one character okay. that you would not want to deal with if you lived in their world? Ooh, that one person I won't want. Wouldn't want Doomsday. 
That's fair. <laughs> he killed Superman. Fair. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not down with okay, Doomsday. That's pretty fair. I don't know why, but for some reason, for me, it would be Beetlejuice. Why? He'd be I just, fun. It'd be sandworms and not and, if he's not not if he's not on your side. It wouldn't be fun. But he would mostly be on your on your side as long as you don't trash talk Lydia. You're pretty cool. He'd be constantly screwing with you and trying to make your life a living hell all the time. You know who? Okay, you want to know who else I'd be? But it would suck because I would have to be, I would have to, you know, be dead and horribly disfigured. Spawn. Yeah, didn't you? You were Spawn for Halloween. I was Spawn for Halloween when I was a little kid. So that makes a lot of sense. It makes, it does make a lot of sense. Um, You know, but like I said, that would be awesome. You wouldn't want to really live in the world because you're living in pretty much hell. Yeah, I don't know if you'd want to live in hell. Probably not the best place to (laughs) live. Or like, or, or not really hell, but it was more of like, Purgatory-esque kind of thing, like like you know, mid-world kind of thing. And that that brings that up. I do not want to live in the Mortal Kombat world. I do not want to be like, hey, five guys fight five other demon the dudes for what the sake of the world. Can you I, imagine not being part of the tournament, just being a regular guy like we are, you know, and going about your day? All of a sudden, a wormhole opens and Shao Kahn comes down. He's just sledgehammering people in the head and killing them all day. That wouldn't be day. fun. That wouldn't be fun. It's one of the reasons I would not want to live in the Lord of the Rings universe. Seems like a very lovely place until you get towards Mordor and then there's all these weird orcs trying to murder you and giant goblins dude, but they and spiders. Throw, and yeah, but they throw, one thing about orcs, though, man, they throw the most killer ragers, dude. They really do. They really do. But they work like... 18 hours a but day. But they work hard and they play hard, my it's brother. It's like a sweatshop over there with those guys. Work hard, play hard, work hard, play hard. I'm just saying, you know, they could play hard a little longer. Yeah, well, hey, then be a hobbit. And, Live and in the I Shire. Don't, and I don't want to... <laughs> the one thing I don't need is a shining sword that tells me when there's trouble. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. that, that's that's a little disconcerting. Can you imagine, you know, you're walking around Middle Earth and all of a sudden your sword lights up and you got to run and you don't... It's like being in The Walking Dead. You don't know which direction is the right way to go. Okay. Um, you're living in the Harry Potter universe, okay? Okay. Choose a, choose a house. However, each house has its own consequence. You go to Gryffindor, you have to deal with Voldemort. Okay. You go to Ravenclaw, you may have to deal with like a Death Eater. Constant death fear of Death Eaters. Slytherin... Giant snakes. Yeah, see that I'm out. On and, that. and and Hufflepuff. Non-ending home ec class. I guess I guess I could I would go for that one because at least I get some like badass sweaters out of it or something. No, like home ec, like you have to make food, like horrific food. Like you're like you're making the 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 birdie blots every flavor of beans, but the flavors nobody wants, like snot and earwax. I'll and tell you what, those. I made something tonight for dinner. This is totally tangent. It tastes like snot, snot and earwax. I actually made. I did a pretty good job. I think I made chicken and waffles, and in the waffle there was bacon and cheese. And then I put the chicken on there with more bacon and a cheese sauce. It was fantastic. Your wife loved you a long time. That's right. So totally off off the reservation there, but got me thinking about food and, and how I still have some. And how awesome your kid's dinner is going to be. Oh, kid cuisine, yes. screw that. Let's get some real chicken That's and right. some bacon Let's and cheddar. Let's make this happen. Yeah, kid cuisine, my ass. Uh, those are disgusting kid cuisines. I lived off those. Though. So did so I. I lived off of those and SpaghettiOs. I'd be like, hey, Nicholas, you can have whatever you want for dinner tonight. You know, other than fast food, or of course, because we were like, we're eating in. 
Go down the cellar, grab a can of spaghetti. She's like, you sure you want this? Yes, I do, mother, That's because right. it's delicious. That's right. So you didn't, but then... She's you, like, you don't want me to make you... My mother's telling like, you don't want me to make you fresh sauce? No, mother. I want SpaghettiOs. I want the, the smiling O with the tongue sticking out. That's you know. right. And then once you fired up the kid cuisine when you're older, and you're like, did they make this brownie in an easy-bake oven and just stick it in a plastic tray? Yes. What is this? Yes. I'm no, not dude, saying... Easy, don't knock easy-bake ovens, though, man. Those had the most delicious... And I never had one. I never had an easy-bake oven. My cousin did. My cousin did. But delicious. You knew a girl that had one as well. Oh, yeah. That's everybody did. But I'm I'm not saying I'm never going to let my son have kid cuisines either. I'm probably will. I'm just saying that, you know, you realize. (laughs) This is what crap chicken tastes like. Now taste daddy's chicken. Tastes better because it's real chicken. (laughs) We really got off the reservation on that one. It's okay, though, because you know what? This is what we're all about, man. We work on tangents. You know, that's what we do. People love it. But I think that... A lot of what's being done in cinematic universes right now, as much as people will say that I'm wrong about DC, they're picking it up now. I think that they're slowly but surely starting to cast things properly. I wouldn't want to be Batman. You want to know why? Because I, I wouldn't be able to share a Coke with mom or dad. That's a good point. I, I that, is, that is that is like mom, dad, I got some cold sodas we can watch. Oh, that's right. They're 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 dead. Although, if you were young Bruce Wayne, you could say, "Hey, maybe we don't take the alley home. Maybe <laughs> yeah. we use the actual street." We get in Doc Brown's DeLorean and say, "No, Thomas Wayne, take the cab maybe. or have Alfred come pick you up." Maybe. That's why I never got exactly. Why did you have Alfred just why pick you not? up? Why not? That's part of his job. Yes. Not only that, Gotham has cops. Everywhere. Well, dirty cops, but... You couldn't have said, hey, could you walk me to my car or something <laughs> like that? Yeah. I'm not saying that it's a hole in the story. I'm just saying I never understood that either. So maybe your young Bruce Wayne would make better choices. Yeah. I don't know. But then, now, I'm just picturing a Keanu Reeves, you know, like, like what if meme. And it's like, well, what if Alfred actually contracted Joe Kill? <laughs> and that's the reason why he didn't pick up the Waynes uh, that night. Joe Chill was contracted with... That would be messed up. Oh. Can you imagine, like Alfred? Like I mean, Batman totally has Batman internally. Batman internally, he's like Batman internally has a daughter, but he'd be like in the comments, he's like, I don't have a child, so. Hey, Bruce. That is I a can cool be your idea, actually. That would be awesome. That's copyrighted. Copyright. Copyright. We could work on that, actually. Dude, that'd be awesome. Can you imagine, like, an alternate universe? I can imagine. Where, where, where Alfred right was now. the one that set up the Waynes. Wow. That's the type of movie I would love to be part of, though. I kind of well now one of the, in Forever Evil their one of their versions of Alfred is evil. Yeah. Now I'm not saying he did all that, but, but that'd I'm be awesome that, though. Because I don't know enough about that backstory, and I, I will eventually because I plan on going back. But that that would be an interesting idea. That I would want to see. Yeah. Of course, I would already know that that's the ending going in, so it would kind of <laughs> no. Know, the, the big payoff is done for me, but the the work up to that. There's a show there. There's a show. There's a, don't do don't do that with Gotham. But somebody, we're, we're law and order special butler unit. Somebody's got to do this. Yes. Somebody's got to do this. But you have to pay us, though. That's the that's the only thing. Which one? We we would gladly take a few thousand. You know, and we'll be in it too. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll be work. in it too. We'll, we'll, we'll work. Be, we'll be producers. We'll and work consultants. for our money. I mean, come on. Right. We, we work hard for our money. We're I'm sorry. I, we're idea people. We are idea people. That's what we are. We are idea people. But sadly, this the, this this think tank is is sadly out of ideas. 
for this episode. But this is the kind of stuff that you're going to get into if you come to our table at Tidewater Comic Con on October the 18th. Yes. Table 104, by the way. Oh, yes. Right near the General Mission entrance. Not only that, but people say, well, where are you? Well, you know, well that's General Mission entrance. Now, where are you guys? We're going to be right next to our buddy Bob from Fantasy Escape Comics and, Comics and they Cards. They will be drifting over to his table, too, to look at his well, great figures we're and next, stuff like and that. And that's the thing. Bob's bringing a lot of his figures. He's not. He's going to bring up some comics, but if you're looking at, hey, I want how can I score a cool figure? Go see Bob and, and tell him do, we sent you. If you do Hero Clicks, Magic the Gathering, he's going to have stuff too. a lot of that stuff. Bob, all the DC stuff. Bob wants to be the difference guy. You know, everybody's going to have comics. Everybody, every comic shop's going to have comics. He's bringing all his fun toys, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. And, you know, he, he, you know he's got You're his nice gonna figures. You're going to want this He's stuff. got hot... Dude, he's bringing hot toys. Yes. Have you seen the Deathstroke figure he's bringing? And I'm probably going to buy oh that Deathstroke figure. Oh, my gosh. It's ridiculous. But... That's going to do it for episode 31 of Down and Nerdy. Again, thank you to Bob for everything he does with us and the show and just bringing joy to people in Virginia Beach and the Tidewater area. Thank you to you, the listener, for listening to us and also going back and listening to our old stuff, letting us know that our old stuff doesn't suck. Yes, thank you so much for that. As a matter of fact, you can also see us on social media. I'm at James Ace with him on Twitter. Nick? I'm at Nick Patella 25 N-I-C-K-B-A-T-T-A-G-L-I-A, the number 25. Why 25? Because that was my old jersey number in college. Why did I listen to you do that to make sure you spelled your own last name right? Because you don't know how many people <laughs> butcher my last name. They like Batagalia. <laughs> Butuglia. Should I be spelling mine? I probably should, right? When our boss, when, 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 I gotta say this. When our boss got my name right when I went in for my interview, I'm like, I love you. I do the same thing because nobody can ever get mine right either. It's W-I-T-H-A-M. It's with them. It's it's not yeah. easy. It should With ham. It That's, shouldn't. It's with ham. It shouldn't be hard. Think of delicious people. pork treats with ham. It's National Pork Month, by the way. I just wanted to throw that It out. is National Pork Month. It's also... Also, an important thing, it is also National uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. That's right. We do have a link to the Susan G. Komen Fund. Go donate. Support that. Women and men can get it. It's not only women that can get breast cancer. So, you know, get your mammograms. Get get tested for it. You know, do whatever you can because it is a horrific disease. I had people in my family have died of it. I have people who have lost things from it. Um, You know, go donate. Learn about it. Get your mammograms, get tested. And we posted that, facebook.com slash down and nerdy. I'll repost it too. At down and nerdy 757 on Twitter as well. And if you want more information on anything that or anything else, down and nerdy podcast at gmail.com. And also, don't forget, next week, episode 32, Drew Moss will be joining us. Drew, yes, our buddy who, you know, he's a freelance guy. Uh, he's worked with, he did the Crow work with IDW. He's now got a new comic coming out with Dark Horse. What is it? Well, you're going to have to find out. Next week on Down and Nerdy, we're going to have Drew Moss. Actually, come off his kid's birthday actually next week, too. Yeah, so he's going he's to take some time to sit down with us for a little bit and talk. But um, no, that's, that's going to do it for this week. I'm Nick. He's James. And as always, I leave you with this important fact life lesson. Always be smart people, bag and board your comics, and practice safe comic book reading. Good night, everybody.